most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones Yes, sir How the heck are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm back from vacation Yes, we are Um, Did you enjoy your vacation? I, I did Let's play the game of compare and contrast between staycation and vacation Go Oh, uh, well, it's hard, I think, to do that well, because most of the first week of our staycation, I was still in an enormous amount of pain. So we didn't really get to make good use of it. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, you were flat on your back. Yes. So I, I vacation for me this year was a little bit less restful vacation-y than normal because of the pain. You were in bed for four days. How much more rested? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that whole thing of being in pain all day. I have a glamorous idea of staycation. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get tons of stuff done around the house. I'm yeah. going to get all these projects. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I found that this year when staycation happened, I just got hit with a bucket load of shame. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> because we had several conversations about it. Oh, thanks. So, sorry to burden you all with the feelings of my heart. No, no, I feel the same. And what I mean by that is I, I don't, I don't know if I just put pressure on myself, but I'm just thinking, oh, you you didn't steward your resources well, or you didn't budget for a vacation, or, and, you know, God bless my kids, they were doing their best at, like, wait, so what we're doing this year is we're just staying home, and we try to do a fun activity every day, but I just realized my idea of vacation is being left alone, and, and you can't do that when you have a family. No. No, it's very difficult when they're, especially when they're the ages that our kids are, you know, yeah, they want to, they want to do something. And I think when they were littler, they didn't so much notice that we didn't really, we didn't really do vacations really until a couple of years ago. Right. And so we've only, we're only learning. The we're other just, difficulty is that they've, they were on staycation before we ever were. For example, they were off school, but at home while we were at work. Right. So for them having mommy and daddy not at work didn't feel any different for them because we're like, wait, we're still at home. We're still at home. We're still just going to the pool or doing a couple hours of activity at some point. So that didn't feel so fun for them. So, yeah, we were doing our staycation and we were trying to make the best of it. And admittedly, it was nice not being at work. But I th- I think the previous couple of months had beaten the snot out of us, really, hadn't Yeah, it? for sure. So we were, you know, feeling pretty run down. And one day I checked my bank account and to my shock, there's a $2,200 credit. So I, and I don't know who it's from. I can't see. So I call up the bank and the bank are like, oh, we don't, we don't actually know where the money came from. And I'm like, how do you not know where the money came from? Right. It appeared in my account. Oh, you, like you must have a way of tracking that. And they're like, we honestly don't. And I was like, well, where do we go from here? Because I don't want to spend money if it's not mine to spend. They're like, well, I can have our back office look into you know where that money came from i was like yeah would you mm-hmm. so the back office looked into it and they said they were you know next to useless they just said we we don't know either so we were like huh lord here <laughs> we are praying for a vacation and here's twenty two hundred dollars that's just landed in our bank account and i hadn't actually used my birthday money you know again i think we talked about this on a previous episode our friends from around the world were so generous and put together a Big surprise for my birthday, you know, like yes. a drone and yeah. some stereo speakers and, and, and a huge cash gift. And I wasn't sure what to do with it. So I realized, man, if we put this $2,200 plus my cash gift for birthday, 
that's enough to do a last minute Disney trip. So we ummed and awed on it, didn't we? We had a date yeah. Monday to talk yeah. about it. By Monday afternoon, we found an Airbnb in Florida. Yeah. And by Tuesday morning, at 6 a.m., we'd packed the car with all the kids' clothes, woke them up, shoved them in the car. They were all like, what, what, where are we going? What are we doing? And we were like, we're going to Disney. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. I mean, it, we're, again, sort of heavily reliant on, you know, Christy because of our backs and, and that kind of stuff. Kate helped me pack the car and mm-hmm. clean the car and all that. But it was so fun to surprise the kids and get out the door. For those of you who are wondering who Christy is, Christy is our friend from Scotland who's staying with us for the summer. Um, and so she, we were like, hey, guess what? You're going to Disney tomorrow. She's like, oh, great. Never been to Disney. Hmm. It was quite fun to watch her processing it's Disney. been fun watching yeah. her process America, period. Yeah. This little 17-year-old girl who's lived in Scotland her whole life and then comes and lives in America. I'm like, no, no, waffles is what we have for breakfast every morning. <laughs> and that's why we are the size we are. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> so we did Disney. We did a park a day. Yes. And it's, I don't know, we, we honeymooned in Disney. We did. And we've been back a couple of times. So yeah. I, f- I feel like I know my way around Disney better than I know my way around Franklin. Yep, you were a boss. I was a boss. I knew where everything was, mostly. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. praise God for the app. What What would be your top tips for people going to Disney? Use the fast passes. They're awesome. Well, use the app to book your fast passes. Yes. I was amazed how many people I saw physically walking to a fast pass machine to book. I was like, guys. At the actual ride and it's stuff. on yeah. your phone. I know. The My Disney Experience app for your phone worked pretty much all of the time. There was a few glitches, but it's it's an amazing thing. So yeah, fast passes. And if you want to get on the new ride, you have to fast pass like a couple months out. Yeah, you can you can fast pass is basically a way where you can kind of pre-book a time to arrive for your ride and you end up in a shorter line. And I think fast passes open 120 days early. So for example, we 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 only had a couple of days to try and book Avatar. <laughs> we had one day. <laughs> we, we couldn't book any yeah. fast pass for that. So we waited in line for yeah. hours. Yeah, a while. Um, book your dining early. Yeah, for sure. And then take a nanny if you can. Gosh, that made a difference. Yeah, it was so great. Again, having Christy with us was so helpful. Because, uh, you know, we could go back in the evening when the kids are exhausted and let them have dinner and go to bed. And then we went back to the park and had some date nights, didn't we? We just strolled around laughing at all the people with children. <laughs> we sound like horrible people. Oh, no, we didn't <laughs> laugh. We were just like, oh, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. Well, uh, the, I felt really bad for the ones that had crying children because we're like, oh, yeah. I feel bad for the ones with strollers. I feel like at the start of your day at Disney, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the happiest place on earth. And by the end of your day, you're like, get out of my way. <laughs> and you forget that you're saved. Yeah. I, I remember one trip, and this was you know made worse by the fact Tia was in a stroller at the time, but I was pushing the stroller down Main Street, and you know how they have those, like I guess, tram lines, and the wheel got caught in it? Yeah. And somebody walked in front of me, bumped into it, and I said something unkind, and you're like, babe. You're a pastor. As <laughs> <laughs> a oh, pastor on the edge. Yeah, the, in a 101 on the degree edge. heat. The one night that we went to Magic Kingdom this trip and we sort of left when the park was closing, which we we've never stayed until the park was closing, it took us an hour to get from Main Street to our car. Right, just out to the parking <laughs> just lot. Just trying to get to a parking lot was like hurting and every once in a while I would moo like a cow because I found it amusing and some people thought it was funny but others did not. (laughs) 
How was your transition back to work? Which, by the way, was this week. Um, I think because of the amount of pain I was in during vacation, uh, I don't feel like my body physically got to rest. So I don't feel as rested as I'd like to going back into work, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but I mean, I love who we work with and I love what we do. So on one level, it's easy to go back to work. On the other level, I, it's rough because you're like, oh, I have to get up on time. Oh, I, you know, I can't just stay home and, you know, whatever, cuddle the kids and watch TV and, you know, eat Cheerios or whatever. Oh, so. That that was a mighty list of things you achieved in the morning. I was like, <laughs> do I have to put on clothes? You know? <laughs> some days you didn't. No, some days I just stayed in pajamas all day. It was impressive. It was glorious. Yeah, for me, I spoke this morning and on my way in, I was like, I haven't spoken in public for... I don't even remember the last time I preached. I was like, can I even do this? <laughs> I just, I felt so rusty. You know what I forgot? is I forgot how tiring it is to preach. It's exhausting. Right. Now, yeah. put that in context, because if you haven't done that, that sounds ridiculous. Especially if, you know, you like do manual labor for a job. It sounds pathetic for us to say, I'm tired standing up. But ask any school teacher. Public speaking is is tiring, but I also think, you know, I've started a series of messages at Grace Center, and I feel some level of responsibility for making sure it's delivered well, maybe perhaps more than I normally would in, in a message. And I think the, the preparation, the speaking, the constantly reading the room to work out where you are, you know, watching the clock. But I, I was wiped out when I got home from church. And whenever I talk like this, I have to remember that my grandfather was down the coal mines at age 14. So, you know, right. I, I don't have it bad right. in comparison to right, that. Right. But nevertheless, I was like, this is just a combination of vacation and out of practice, but I felt a little bit winded. Pray for your pastors, guys. You know, your your pastors on a Sunday, man, that's yeah. a big day. Yep. Um, anything else happen in the last two weeks that is noteworthy? Um, well, we've had uh this past Saturday we had demo day at church. Yep. And so we're um, we're demoing a, a, an entire end of the church to make w- room for the new children's wing. I walked along there this morning, and I probably shouldn't have done. I was in open-toed flip-flops going into a yeah. building site. No, you shouldn't have. It was quite amazing. Did you see all the wires hanging down and yeah, all that? Yeah, I nearly put my eye out. There was like 30 people from Grace Center that showed up. A bunch of guys all with their power tools and their sledgehammers and their, you know, raw attitude. And... <laughs> They just, they got it done. It was amazing. Where to go, guys. And there were some girls too, I should say that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I got a treat in the mail this week. Yeah. I don't think you realize this, but I joined Kickstarter and helped fund the Bible Project book. Now, the Bible Project, you might have heard us talk about this. We're huge fans of the Bible Project. They're um, creators of video summaries of each book of the Bible, along with video summaries of major themes of the Bible. I'll put a link in the show notes. They're absolutely incredible videos, really, really well produced, fascinating to watch, give a great overview. Anyway, they, they've they done these brilliant animated videos about each book of the Bible, and they've produced a book with the illustration that goes along with the video for every book of the Bible. It's a beautiful coffee table book. It's It's really, really big, but it arrived this week. Did you know that? I did know. I, I didn't get to look at it, but I saw that it had come in the mail. Yeah, I've hidden it from you. I, I want to keep it in pristine condition. So 
So, and you're afraid I'm going to do what? Eat pizza while looking mm-hmm. at the book or something? Eat, eat like <laughs> Cheetos and then turn the page and it'll be stained well, orange. Well, you know how I love Cheetos. <laughs> it's your one flaw, baby. So this week's topic comes courtesy of you. We were talking earlier and you were like, hey, I want to talk about this whole topic of... Learning. All right. Take it away, AJ Jones. So I w- my thought was, I think the people that grow the most, or if I look at my life, the seasons where I've grown the most have been seasons where I have been open to learning something new, even in um, situations or uh, moments where I really thought like I understood things fairly well. Right. But just keeping your heart and your mind open to um, the Holy Spirit trying to teach you something new, either just through when you're uh, reading the Word or through just being in a service or something where somebody's teaching on something where previously you might have gone, hmm, I don't really know what I think about that. But allowing your heart to be open and teachable and learning something um, that perhaps previously you weren't open to. It's one of the hardest challenges, I think. Anytime you hear information that sounds like it could contradict or jeopardize what you already know, it's amazing how we bolt down and brace ourselves for conflict rather than rather than listening to what the person's trying to say and seeing if you're persuaded by the teaching. Right. It's like it's a knee jerk reaction, isn't it? To be like, ah, I, I don't know about this. Right. Such a difficult thing. Right. And I, you know, I sort of think about, um, in, this isn't less necessarily a Bible example, but like when we met Josh Axe and started going to his office. And we started learning all this stuff about health that we never knew before. Well, that's a good point. So Josh Axe is a friend of ours. He's a health fanatic. We'll put a link in the show notes to his website. He's, he's got a website that covers everything. But when we first started getting to know Josh, so I was raised to believe that, you know, you don't want to eat white bread. It's just bleached flour. There's no nutritional value. What you want to eat is whole wheat bread. Right. Whole wheat bread is much better. Right. right? And you don't want... Um, Full fat milk. I mean, the fat in there is just terrible. You want some like good skimmed milk. Well, when I met Josh, he was like, no, like milk of any kind is literally the worst thing you could put in your body. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, and wheat. And wheat. You shouldn't be having that either. No, no, but I was like, no, no, whole wheat. That, that's the good stuff. And he's like, no, this, it's totally toxic to your body, totally inflammatory. And I'm like, this is flying in the face of everything I've been told. And by the way, I was told this by my mother and my mother loves me and my mother would that's never right. deceive. And yeah. so you're just kind of bolting down what you think you know and here i am arguing with somebody you know who's got way more experience way more understanding has done way more study on this topic but i'm convinced i'm right because of my previous understanding right only to find out oh you're right yeah so i you know i was thinking about that and i was thinking when i first got information from him about what we shouldn't be eating and you know, microwaves and all that kind of stuff. I thought this is going to be so much work and it's going to be so hard and it's going to be such a huge adjustment. But actually I don't miss having a microwave and I don't miss the, you know what I mean? Like down the road, once we were able to sort of process and go, Oh, actually this makes sense. And you know, I can understand where the information is coming from. I'm going to choose to be, teachable and learn something new here and realize, okay, I haven't spent my life studying nutrition. So that's why I didn't know that. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take it from people who have studied nutrition and try and make a good change. But again, it's amazing how we will defend what we think we know against new incoming information. 
Right. And if I it still threatens do it. our comfort zone. Right. I still do it. I just, I'm doing it in different areas, but I, that was sort of the, the area, the example that I thought of to begin with was like, oh yeah, like with all that health stuff, I really thought I knew that stuff, you know? And it turns out there was so much that I didn't know. I thought I was living healthy and I wasn't. So I was thinking about that kind of stuff. And then this morning, of course, you're teaching a whole new series um, at church where, you know, a couple of years ago, this wouldn't have been our paradigm at all. Right. In fact, it might have been our anti-paradigm. Right. As in, we may have fought against some of the stuff that I'm teaching because it felt, you know, I was talking this morning about how, I was talking this morning about how Paul writes about, you know, in the church, you know, this first apostle, second prophets, third teachers. And I was like, hey, you know, I used to read that verse and balk at that because for example, I don't like the idea of hierarchy in church. I like this more egalitarian view where it's a level playing field. You know, we're all the same in the kingdom of God. It's fine. But to be confronted with the fact that uh, actually God has some level of order or flow or priority, that took a long time for me to kind of, you know, wrap my head around it. For right. goodness sake, I didn't right. think prophets were real. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I thought speaking in tongues was of the devil. Right. You've come a long way. Oh, baby, let me tell you, I've, I've come a long way. <laughs> but to be fair, the whole apostles, prophets, teachers thing—you've been processing for two years with the Lord. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that learning is that you just accept whatever the new information is without study or process. I don't think that's learning. Right. I think that that's probably dangerous on some level, you know. But I think when the Lord presents you with new information, to keep your heart open. And uh, allow him to persuade you is actually wisdom. Right. It's also, yeah, it's being open to the possibility that you've got more to learn on a topic, which is probably by the very definition, humility. Yeah. I always find it funny, actually, like we've had a couple different people that will say things like, well, you know, if you mention Encounter Weekend or you mentioned doing the school and you have, sometimes we've seen the reaction of, well, you know, I've, I've already read inner healing books or I've already, I've already done inner healing or I've already done, you know, whatever. I don't need to go to X conference cause I already know about whatever the prophetic or whatever the thing is. And I think, I think that scares me a little bit when I hear that from people. Cause I just think, gosh, guys, we've never arrived. Like you always can learn more, but you're going to miss what more you could learn by hiding in that place of just like, I've got it already. Well, it's the whole thing of sometimes what we think we know can keep us from what we need to know. Right. I think it was David Campbell who said, in order to be lifelong learners, we have to be willing to be lifelong unlearners. And that's, you know, that's, it comes back to that whole humility thing of, I'm prepared to have what I think I know challenged. Yeah. And, I, but the thing is, I, I was thinking earlier, you know, we were talking about this. I was thinking, in my life, I'm, I'm impressed by fruit, not theory. Right. What I mean by that is everyone and their mother has a theory, a pitch, sure. an idea sure. of why they're right. But if it's not borne out in fruitfulness, I'm not I'm not really going to be interested in being persuaded or changed. D- yes. Does that make sense? Yep. So I see a lot of people who want to be taken seriously, but they're really, really angry. And I'm like, oh, hang on. You're not displaying the fruit of the thing that you're trying to convince me I need to know. Right. You were talking earlier about how you almost missed revival. I really did. I uh, Because I thought I understood, which is funny when I think about it now. I mean, I was all of like, you know, 22 years old or something. Um, 
but I really thought that I understood the kinds of things that the Holy Spirit did. And so when the Holy Spirit showed up in a completely new way, um, I was desperately sad because I was like, I'm going to have to leave this church. Well, why, why is that? Help me understand that. Well, I really felt strongly that it, this couldn't possibly be the kind of thing that God would do. That what was happening in the church yes. was not God. Yes, because I really thought that things would always be sort of decently and in order, and it was pretty far from that. I mean, people were laughing all the time, and there's people crying right next to the people that were laughing, and it just it felt like chaos to me. And because I had significant control issues, it wasn't a situation where I felt like, Either I was in control or that anybody was in control. And so I was like, this this doesn't feel safe to me. And because it didn't feel safe, it felt like that's not something God would do. Sure, because God's safe. He's in the box. Right. Yeah. Keep him neatly in your box. So you nearly missed him because you thought, him. I need to find a new church. Yeah, because I my heart wasn't open to learning something new about God. I just really felt like I had a full understanding, which is quite funny when you think about how huge God is. That as a 22-year-old, or even as an 82-year-old, we would think we have a full understanding of everything that God will do. Right. Um, but I really thought that. And so I was like, oh, I'm so sad. I really loved this church. And now, you know, now I have to leave because this isn't what God would do. So, you know, I- I'd love to say that God just, you know, quietly spoke to me as I was sitting in a chair and I was like, okay, God, I agree with you. But actually God pretty much pinned me to the floor for three hours until I, you know, not quite said uncle, but I was like, Lord, you know, I need help here. And he said, you know, here's the thing. Notice how you're stuck to the floor. I'm like, yes. He's like, have you stuck yourself to the floor? I was like, no. It's like, all right. Well, do you think it could be me? You know? And you know, it, it, the conversation was a little shorter than that, but yeah, I mean, I remember just lying there and going, oh, well, if this is you, then my whole paradigm has to change. You know, my, I have to be open to something that scares me. Um, But actually, God was so beautiful through the whole thing of just allowing my heart to grow um, and learn so many new things about him. Isn't it true that in the midst of that, Carol Arnott walked up to you and pointed at you mm-hmm. and said, you need to decide who's God, you or him? Yeah, you, she said, you need to decide who's going to be in control, oh, yeah, you right. or God. <laughs> and I was like, and that was right when I was literally right in the middle of this conversation with the Lord, like, God, I just need to know if this is you. And he's like, have you stuck yourself to the floor? I'm like, no, but I just need to know if this is you. You know, so, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't think God expects us to just run into everything uh Without question, I just think, I don't know, There, I think there's, I think sometimes cynicism gets a throne in our lives, you know, like this, sort of like we think we're being wise and whatever, and really what we're being is cynical. And I don't think that cynicism leads us to good things in the Lord necessarily. I was just thinking about what you were saying about how the Lord got you to change your mind. And, you know, that's learning in one sense. Learning is acquiring new facts and then changing your opinion, changing your mind. Yes. And I was thinking that one of the tragedies about human nature is that often we don't change until we have to. Right. So we don't start exercising until we've had a heart attack. 
We don't go and get marriage counselling until our spouse has said, that's it, I want a divorce. Right. Right. We, we, are, we are slow to change until the pain is sufficient to bring about that change. Right. How much wiser would we be if we were open to learn slash open to change way before the pain point? Right. I was thinking earlier, I was talking to the Lord. I'm not sure if this fits in here, but I was talking to the Lord last night. And I was saying, Lord, in this current season of my life, I'm not the man I want to be. And the Lord was like, well, what kind of man would you like to be? And and these are, you know, trivial things. But I was like, Lord, I'd like to be a man who reads. Like my current schedule at the moment doesn't, I've, I've bought a bunch of books I desperately want to read. I haven't got to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would like to be a man who reads. And the Lord was like, oh. And then, I, you know, there was just a bunch of things like, well, what else? I was like, Lord, I would like to be a man of power. You know, I I would like to see the power that you've promised. And I was like, oh, well, what you know, what are you going to do about that? And I just thought, oh, I can actually make changes to my schedule to learn the things I want. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hostage to my schedule. I've, I've, I'm blessed with great flexibility. I can get up at any time in the morning I would like to right. to add more hours to my day. I right. can choose to exercise whenever I would like. I can choose to read. You know, I've, I've got these things, but that's an example where I'm like, actually, Lord, I would like to do things differently. Would you teach me how to do that? And, you know, the Lord's a great teacher. He, he loves teaching people. I think the Holy Spirit is drawn to the request of, Holy Spirit, could you help me with this? I yeah. think he's like, yeah, what do you want to do? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. He's like much faster and more efficient than YouTube. So I think, you know, to sort of finish the, the thought of learning, I think the advantage for any of us in being a learner is there's always somebody who's watching you and following you. And the more that I can learn, the higher my ceiling goes that becomes my children's floor. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if for some reason you won't learn or I won't learn for myself, learn for those that are going to follow you, you know, be open to change and to growing because others are going to grow as a result of your growth. That's true. Right? So especially as a leader, but just, you know, as a parent, as a person, you know, in community with other people, the more that you can learn, the more that you can, you know, work on your stuff and stay open to the Lord and all that kind of stuff that you, you set the bar higher for your experience, uh, both in the world basically and, and with the Lord. I also think it's enormously important to make your learning visible. Yeah. To make your learning process visible, that is. I started getting our kids to do um, chores around the house. Yeah. You know, they're at an age now where they can. So Abigail empties the dishwasher and Tia's filling the dishwasher. But I'm having so much fun because I'm doing it with them and I'm realizing they're learning as I'm doing. Like even this morning, the kids were in worship with us and you know, MJ's four. He he's not enjoying this process at all. Like he's just like, when is this over? But I right. I held him, and I you know I was holding him in the cuddle, and I had his hands, and I just started drumming on my legs with his hands. Well, and I wasn't thinking I'm now going to teach you how to drum in time to the music. I was just you know trying to interact with him. Well, I took my hands off him, and then I realized in the next song he was drumming with his own hands without me doing it. And I was like, That's oh, this awesome. is amazing. But I remember being in school and we were learning about teaching. I, I did a postgraduate degree in um, in teaching. And we realized that the most effective way to learn, 
the most effective way to recall is to teach other people. Mm -hmm. And so if in your process of learning, you can find some way to tell other people how you've learned or what you've learned, you will not only A, remember it more, but you'll also pass on that knowledge to other people, which is why I love podcasts. I love blogs. I love YouTube. I just love watching people teach what they know because we all benefit from it. Yeah. AJ Jones, thank you for sharing that. That That was a great thought. Tell the people what they need to know. Okay. Well, for today's show notes, you can get those at alanandaj.com slash 158. If you have a question that you'd like us to ask on air, you can go ahead over to alanandaj.com slash ask and uh, put your question in there. Also, if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes, uh, what that does is it helps people know that our podcast is there and hopefully uh, it will be life to them. So um, again, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys and we're really happy to be back at podcasting. Yeah, the AJ's point of 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 leaving uh yeah, AJ's point of leaving a review, it greatly helps. We met a great couple this morning at Grace and Art, Gareth and Sharon. They're both from the UK. He's from Northern Ireland, she's from England. They live in Texas. They were in Nashville for their wedding anniversary. And so, you know, they came up and said hello. And we got talking. I said, how did you end up in Texas? So they told us that story. I said, how did you hear about Grayson? And they were like, from your podcast. I was like, how did you hear about our podcast? And they said, well, we're going on a road trip. And we asked our friends, what podcast should we listen to while we're on this 10-hour road trip? And they happened to mention our podcast. So really, word of mouth is the fastest way that podcasts grow. So you leaving reviews, you telling friends, you encouraging other people to listen, it helps the podcast grow. And we appreciate your help. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be back. We hope that you're having an incredible summer. And we'll be back this time next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God Are things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses If you are a human being There's something here for everyone